Hey, listening friends, I'm your host and coach, Laura Malone. As an entrepreneur and leader, wife and mom, teacher and creator, I am showing up to share possibility with you and help you find vision and wisdom because you deserve to be equipped and released as the hero of your own story. Coaching really does help you change your life. And if you want to know how to guide yourself and others well, I created this podcast just for you. It's a place where you can grab tools, teachings, and ideas for both personal and spiritual growth, as well as entrepreneurship and coaching, if that's your thing. So as you listen in, I pray I can help you create a legacy of impact and really start writing the story of a life you love living. Now let's jump into today's episode. Okay, if you are wondering why you haven't told people you're a coach, You haven't told people what you offer. You haven't told people how much you charge. You haven't set that up yet. If you've bought courses and classes and trainings, and you've done a bunch of work around all of these things, and you've probably even had people tell you what you need to do, but you still feel confused and like you don't know the right answer. I'm going to tell you why. You have not made a decision. And you can't spend your life blaming the circumstances for you not knowing enough, not having enough time, not being perfect yet. You have to take responsibility for the fact that you're actually just putting off making the decisions. You are doing this and you need to be responsible And walk in your authority over that area of your life that you need to do something about. I say this with love. Mama, bear. Mamas, care. Bears, scare. (laughs) So can I lovingly scare you into doing what is yours to do? (laughs) I'm concerned for you if if your life is full of unmade decisions because it's draining your energy. And then you don't have the energy you need to actually do the real work. This, the active work, not the passive work, but the proactive, creative work that needs to get done that's actually going to help you um, make strides in each area that's important to you. So I want you to spend some time and actually lay out the options for each situation you need to deal with. And then I want you to pick a choice, (laughs) pick an option, make a decision, and then take a week to actually step into it and walk into that decision and kind of try it on. How does it feel? Ask yourself, do you feel peace? Do you feel God moving forward with you or do you hear him telling you, turn around? Is your resistance to deciding based on your fears or is it based on a measure of unbelief about something? Allow Holy Spirit to lead you. Invite him into this process. It's actually a page inside of the Dove Hour tool that I talk about in episode 124. Right now, I'm going to tell you what's on my unmade decision list this week. When I did my Dove Hour on Monday morning, the um, there's always two to three things on my unmade decision list, but sometimes it's more like ten. <laughs> it kind of it kind of uh, ebbs and flows, I guess. But 
right now I've got personal and professional decisions to make. So number one, on my personal side, how are my daughters and I going to travel to New York next month for a wedding? So I have a couple of different ways to get there and I have to figure that out. And it's all attached to what kind of car will we get to replace the old faithful minivan we no longer need because she doesn't want to drive to New York anymore. She's been all over the country and she's tired. So how do we get there? Did we get a new car before it's time to drive all the way to New York? Or do we buy plane tickets for multiple people? Do we have miles that we can use? What do we need to do, right? There's just a lot of decisions that all surround that. Because if we get there and we have a car, that's a nice bonus. But if we don't have a car, I don't have to spend an entire day driving straight through to get there and deal with the tolls and the food stops, even maybe a hotel. Then on top of that, when are we going to get my high schooler a new computer? Plus, I have unmade decisions about my business, like a certain bit of um, content and information that I'm working on. Should it be turned into a course? Should it become part of my book? And then who will I refer a specific client to now who can better serve her now that our coaching clarity work together is done? And she's actually no longer my ideal client because she actually needs more life coaching in other areas not surrounding her coaching practice. And also have to think about who I'm going to invite on as guests in my podcast in the coming season. So I list out all of my personal and professional unmade decisions, and I put them in front of me. It's There's really something to be said about clarifying what those unmade decisions are. So in the show notes, you can grab the link to the Dove Hour time management process that I talk about in um, episode 124, and that'll help you actually start assessing all of the things on your plate, putting them in its proper place, giving them time frames and priority, and that actually helps build your decision-making muscles. Holy Spirit really is the best personal trainer in this area. So you can make decisions And eventually, you always end up making a decision about everything, even if you decide not to do something with it. If you own that, you will see that the results you're getting are the results of omission, (laughs) not doing something you need to do, um, or just passively allowing something to happen. That is still a decision you're making. It's more subconscious And it doesn't bear as good of fruit as a conscious, committed decision is really going to. And I'm going to say, if you were my client, and let's say you told me you don't have enough time, or you don't know enough, or you don't have confidence to move forward, I would tell you to ask yourself if you're maybe shucking the responsibility but ultimately making a decision to allow life to stay the same. You you know, you might be choosing to stay in the place you're in of comfort, even if you're not happy, by not making a decision. Sometimes you can tell yourself it's a lot of all these other things, all these other reasons that you'll make a decision once you have more information to go on or whatever. But By doing that, you're actually prolonging how long it takes for you to get good fruit and 
see results because you keep pushing it off for some reason you're not paying attention to. And maybe you're not willing to show up and follow through on the decision. So you don't want to make a decision because you you know yourself and you're thinking like, well, I'll make a decision, but I just don't trust myself to follow through. That speaks to how much you honor and respect you personally. Maybe you're afraid of failing and maybe you're afraid of succeeding because you don't know what to do if you succeed. You're more familiar with failure than success. So self-sabotage kicks in when you prevent yourself from succeeding just because it's so uncomfortable. Maybe you're just not willing to face the hard things that come with the decision that you actually want to make because it's going to require some hard things to happen, some some new things to come into your life, or it, maybe it even opens up a domino effect of other decisions that you have to make. Regardless of your reason, if you will get yourself to a place where you're dealing with the real issue, rather than just blaming it on not enough something or uh, too much of this, too much on my plate already, or procrastination or perfectionism, then you can actually deal with the real root issue and move forward. So get honest with yourself. That's why it's in the dove hour. So you can take a look at it and invite God to speak to you about it. As a coach, I'm going to say maybe you need to decide just to start with a number. Like you're looking at how to set your prices. Pick a number and then tell people that's how much you charge. Then you will find out if it's if it feels too high for you or it feels too low for you or people don't respond well to it. But you will never know if it's too high or too low or just right for your ideal clients until you tell them something. The the know-how comes after taking action, not before generally. So decide, commit to following through, and give yourself permission to tweak things later if you work at it for a while and find out it's really not the best route. Maybe it's not the best number. That's okay. You should not be expecting that the very first decision you make about your coaching practice, your coaching business, all the things, you should not expect that the first decision you make is the best decision in the long run. But it is the best decision for now because it's the one thing that will get you clarity about the action you need to take, the way that you're going. And once you decide that and you follow through on it, you can tweak your decision. You can move. So you you decide to get the boat off the shore. But as you're on the journey, you're cutting across the water, you can decide to go one degree to the left or right. And you can tweak as you're going. But the, here's the deal. You're going, you're moving, you're getting towards the horizon. That's what you need to do. And unmade decisions, they rob you of progress. They rob you of mental, physical, and emotional and psychological energy that you're not even, um, you're not probably even aware of. So I don't know who your ideal client is or what niche you want to go after. And if you don't know, pick one. (laughs) just see what happens. As an entrepreneur, you're going to need to learn how to give yourself permission to start and pivot, to change your mind. I can't tell you how many times over the years I've changed my mind about who I was going to work with, how much I was going to charge, 
what way I should go next. But I've literally spent all of these years making decisions and then changing them later. I'm just going to say, welcome to life. In fact, I use what I've developed that I call the starters rule of threes. So you start out with a decision you've researched, then you developed it into a decision you take action on, then you cultivate that into a decision you're committed to. So when you have a big something in front of you that you need to make a choice about, give yourself that starters rule of threes. I'm making the first decision based on a little bit of research. I'm making this, then I tweak it and I make a better decision that I take action on and then I tweak it and make that a decision I'm fully committed to. Sometimes a starter rule of threes looks more like a starter rule of 10 for some time, for some people, some decisions in front of them. And sometimes decisions are just formed over time and they deserve the process. That might be like choosing your niche or naming your business. And it's okay to be somebody who makes a committed decision and follows through only to learn more about yourself in the process and then pivot and make a different decision. It is totally possible, but more than that, it's most likely this is going to be the way of it. Even if you know the one, if, even if you know one thing, you will learn more eventually that some things that cause you to turn a degree to the left and you will learn something else that will cause you to need to shift a certain aspect of your decision, which forces your hand to make a decision over here in this connected area. So if you change your niche, you might end up having to change the name of your business based on the first decisions that you made with a little bit of research. Because by the time you end up all the way down the road at that committed decision where you know that you know this is what you're going after, this is what you're called to, this is what you desire, when you get there, I trust me that you've already made a bunch of decisions taking imperfect action that led to this firm commitment. It is um, really shocking when I look at it how many of us just don't know how to simply pick one. <laughs> we really, we dilly-dally, we hem-haw around things and hold things loosely instead of being committed. We ultimately are afraid of whatever. We're afraid of making the wrong decision. We're afraid of dissatisfaction. We're afraid of discomfort. We're afraid of not being happy with what we decided. We are not, we're afraid of the responsibility. We're afraid of the failure and the success. I mean, there's just so many fears undergirding why we don't make decisions, why we don't just pick one and see what happens. I want to say part of it, I think, can come from orphan mindedness. Even as Christian believers, we still often live from the paradigm that we have to do more or we have to change ourselves in order to become the son or daughter of God that we already are. And we live to get to heaven or to do things for heaven when in reality, we're fully invited and given authority and a calling to live from heaven. We can act like we are blessed and fully abundant and wholehearted and completely taken care of and make decisions from there without fearing repercussions. But orphan-mindedness 
tells us we should worry about being rejected and abandoned and vulnerable and lacking. But adoption changes all of that. And you and I have been adopted. We're in God's family. But if you don't know it, if you don't believe it, if you don't think about it, you don't feel it, then orphan-mindedness kicks in most of the time and striving, striving-mindedness. It's like we actually have to choose to be adopted just because, you know, you can be adopted and still act like an orphan because you haven't decided to be adopted. You can be adopted and still keep running away from your new home because you don't believe it and you don't trust in it. But when you decide to be adopted and start living from the role of a son or a daughter, and you know, and you think on and believe and feel that you're not going to be rejected, abandoned, vulnerable, unprotected, lacking, not provided for, you start believing that you and people and circumstances don't determine your worth. It's already been determined. It was determined at the cross that you were priceless. And if you have a stable view of your worth, then it's easier to make a decision and make a commitment and move forward. You know, there's just not, there's no condemnation in trying. Do you hear that? There is no condemnation in trying. There's no condemnation in Christ. There's no condemnation or retribution if you move one way and have to pivot or make a slight turn. In fact, you may be the only one condemning yourself or even seeking vengeance on yourself for needing to pivot after taking imperfect action and just trying. It's time to let go of that lie. It is not helping you. It's holding you back and bearing good, bad fruit, and that branch needs to be cut off. When the world shakes around you, that's going to shake because it's not truth. When you make a decision with Holy Spirit and say, I'm going this way, Holy Spirit, guide me as I walk with you and seek first the kingdom of God. Instead of blaming it on God, that when you walked, you didn't have like, you know, those sticky footprints on the floor or a a green line that you follow on the commercials telling you which way to go. (laughs) If If there were exact places that you were supposed to put your foot with every single step of your life or a green line that you were forced to follow, it would deny the free will God gave you in life. It would be control. And God is not actually controlling. No matter how hard you try in your mind to make yourself think he is, it doesn't, neg- it doesn't negate the fact that he's not. And our perception of God doesn't change the truth of God. So you've probably heard me say in the past that we judge ourselves by our intentions, but we judge others by their behaviors. I will add, it's not just their behaviors, but our interpretation of their behaviors. When you apply that to God, you can see why we get so disappointed and so disillusioned. We expect things from him based on him made in our image, you know, when we live from that place, but we're finite and we're incapable of seeing from his perspective fully in a clear, wide mirror. He makes the way based on his perspective, which is full and beautiful and true and omniscient, right? Why does any of that matter when it comes to actually making decisions? Because your decisions and your lack of making them 
or your confidence in making them stems from what you believe. If you believe you've been abandoned or that you could be, then you're going to act out of that fear. Your confirmation bias is also going to help you find reasons in the world around you to believe it even more deeply and the enemy of your soul will help make it more true to you. Your confirmation bias is essentially your paradigm partnering with your ego to work against you. And it can lead to partnering with the enemy and his plans against you. But you have the ability to resist him and he will flee. Okay, that's Bible. So I've taught you how to take your thoughts captive before. And I always will again and again and again, because I don't think we can be reminded and reminded enough about it. So let's recap that. You take the thought captive by actually capturing and confining it, meaning you actually have to be aware of what the thought is. Actually, say it out loud. The sentence that, the, that really is the thought you are having. Then challenge it against the truth. If you don't know what the truth is, go find it in the word. See if the thought lines up with what God says and who Jesus is. And then go find a coach or a friend or somebody to help you see clearly if you need to. From that place of truth, then you can make a decision. This is where I use the pearl practice a lot to walk people through it because perfect love casts out all fear. And when we get that new pearl where we have a, a new paradigm and a belief system based on the truth and the word, then perfect love has found its place. And then all of the fear doesn't have room. There's no void for the, the fear to come fill. So you can make decisions from a place of adoption and worth and love, trust and security because you need to live from heaven's paradigm because you've already been given the key to operating from there. The key's name is Jesus. And your brain, it's an information processor, meaning things are supposed to be moving into and out of it. It's not um, cloud like the cloud. It's not a storage or a backup drive. The nature of your brain is to flow like a river, not sit like a pond. And if you've got all these unmade decisions just sitting there, your brain's dealing with that. And it's it's taking mental and physical energy for all those unmade decisions to kind of float around in like a stagnant pond. And you know what? They just get funky. They start collecting bacteria and mold. <laughs> and then you can't actually see the decisions clearly. You have to pull them out and wash them off, put them in the rain, the waterfall, you know? So you have to identify what is the decision, put it into one, one sentence, and let your brain actually become aware of the need to bring resolution to it and to actually make a decision. Then just focus only on this one decision before you run off after all the other decisions that need to be made. What do you want? Ask yourself, what do I want in, out of all of these choices I need to decide between? What is it I want? What are my desired results? What's best going to help me create what I want to create, do what I want to do, think, feel, believe what I want to think, feel, and believe. And tell yourself, if your brain wants to go chasing butterflies and squirrels and other decisions, say it out loud. I'm making this decision before we talk about the others and say it out loud if you need to <laughs> talk to yourself. 
then consider what kind of information you need to make in order to make this decision. Maybe, maybe even other possible like alternatives, or is there somebody else that you need to involve in the decision-making process? Weigh all of your possible outcomes and consequences, and then sit in it and let yourself experience what the outcomes are. If it's possible, just sit and imagine, what's it like if I go down this road, make this decision, what am I going to experience? How does that feel to me? And then what if I don't make that decision? What if I go this dire- this direction and I make this decision? How does that feel to me? What, what do I feel like the Lord is saying to me about it? And you know, sometimes what's done is just done. Um, you make a decision and you go, oops. But sometimes you can change what you've chosen. So there's always decisions that are final and there's decisions that are flexible. The decision in front of you, what is it? Is it flexible? And maybe the awareness of its flexibility can help you more freely choose because it's not so written in stone. Or do you really need to give this decision more time and process, more research, more prayer, whatever, because it's a pretty final decision. So think about those things and then take some inner action, inner, inside, internal action. This is kind of movement of your soul, movement of your, your mind, your, your paradigm, your emotions, and your will, and then make a choice. And then last step, evaluate the decision that you've made and look at it and say, did this go well? How did I get here? And maybe even consider evaluating the decision-making process that is normal to you and ask yourself if it's really working. So to recap, identify the decision that you need to make, give it your full focus, gather any information that you need, including other alternatives or talking to other people, weigh all of the possible outcomes, take action, inner action, and with your your soul, take action and by making a decision and then evaluate the decision that you've made. So I'm hoping that this helps you. If you are stuck in any of the areas, building your coaching practice, your coaching business, or any other area of your life, and you feel undecided and you feel confused, then you need to ask what the unmade decisions in your life are doing to drain the energy and the clarity and the strength from the situation that really you need to be walking in authority on. So, you know, it's just a thing to step into. It's a weight to start lifting and start practicing. And you'll de- you will develop decision-making muscles by going after this. And I hope that helps you. hope it um, blesses you to really clearly understand the process of making decisions. And I hope that you take some quick action in your life so that you have refueled energy. Think about what it's going to feel like tomorrow when you wake up and go, I made all those decisions yesterday and today I'm just taking action. It's pretty awesome feeling. So, all right, bless you friends. And until next time, remember that all things are possible. I so appreciate you as a listener. 
And if you are looking for a community of like-hearted believers who love all things coaching, be sure to jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group. Do you think you might be called to become a certified Sterling and Stone Life Coach? We'll learn more about the Greenhouse course where you can get trained in just 10 weeks to start building the foundation of your coaching practice. All the links you need are in the show notes. Happy story making.